0: charlotte it's shelby it's riley and And it's it's time time to to smut up and and listen. listen Just a reminder for today's episode and all future episodes, our opinions are subjective. We don't
1: advocate for kink shaming or author shaming. This is all in good, smutty fun. Enjoy. Today's episode trigger warnings are murder, mutilation, graphic violence, abuse of a parent, and explicit sexual content, with also accidental cannibalism and non accidental cannibalism. Both oh. kinds.
0: <laughs> Ooh. I know I saw the trigger warning for accidental cannibalism and I was like, excuse me, but. I put it yeah. in there after I like
1: had started my trigger warning list so that's what I was like oh also. Accidental. Oh you'll see Yeah you'll see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, before we get started, we have another review. Yay! Yeah from Caitlin Came and it says, love these girls. I love this podcast. Literally saves my day on my 12 hour shifts. These girls are so funny and have me giggling like crazy. I feel like I'm in a little book club with these girls because I relate so much. 100 out of 10. Recommend. Keep up the work, girls. Uh, Thank thank you, Caitlin.
1: Thank you. I like that she thinks we're in a little book club. That's cute. That is cute. cute.
0: You know what? It is our own little book club. It is. And today's book is Butcher and Blackbird by Bray weaver and how many stars did you give it on goodreads shelby
1: i gave it a four and a half oh I really liked it.
0: It was good. I gave it a four. I probably would have gone four and a half but I'm in the middle of like a major book hangover to no fault of Bryn Weaver but Manacle got me fucked up and <laughs> I can't think about anything else. It's got Draco Malfoy on, on the brain. Yeah. yeah,
1: That's fair. But it was,
0: it was very very good.
1: My quote for you Riley is if she catches me ogling she could pop my eyeballs out of my head and string me up in fishing line before I say the words no bra. Oh. And mine is how
0: fitting, love. Now be a good girl and find something to grab onto, because I'm about to destroy you. Yeah. Destroy he you. is.
1: Yeah.
0: Destroy that you
1: <laughs> I start today's episode, we're going to start in our main female character's POV. Her name is Sloane, and I absolutely love that name. I love that it name. It is a good name. Being a serial killer who kills serial killers is a great hobby, until you find yourself locked in a cage for three days with a dead body in the Louisiana. In the summer with no air conditioning. Ew. Yeah, it's absolutely horrible. disgusting. Yeah. She's not squeamish and she usually doesn't have standards, but being next to the bloated, dead, maggot-filled body is her hard limit. She's like, I'm done. That's a fair hard limit. That is a fair yes. hard limit. <laughs> that would also be my limit. Yeah. yeah. Ugh.
0: She said the maggots are, like, crawling toward her.
1: Uh Uh-huh. They're, like, crawling (laughs) off of the dead body, like, inching towards her. They're like, ooh, a live snack. (laughs) She scoots away from it as far as she can when a man's voice with an Irish accent asks her what her name is. And this whole time, I pictured this Irish accent as um, Gerard Butler.
0: I love an Irish accent. too. Woof. Yeah.
1: I'll that like a Irish
0: man, a Brooklyn accent. Mm. Yeah. Is that like rough a, around the edges? What a punk! I'm walking my car. over you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, fuck you! Yeah, okay, that,
1: do it. <laughs> she doesn't answer as he comes into view, and of course, he is gorgeous. He has short brown hair with strong facial features and a sly smile with a scar on his upper lip. Mm-hmm.
0: A bad boy.
1: He tells her that she's too old for Albert's type, and Albert is a dead serial killer decomposed. Next to her, she knows that he's correct, but she's not sure how he would know that. And then he introduces himself as Rowan or the Boston Butcher, Massacre of Massachusetts, and lastly, the Ghost of the East Coast. He thinks very highly of himself. The ghost of the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I came up with that by myself. Do he's like, like do you know any of those? That's that's me. Have you
0: heard it? Yeah, that's
1: me. <laughs> she doesn't respond even though she knows exactly all the names that he's calling himself. And she knows that he's not much different than her. He says it's a pleasure to meet her and goes to leave when she finally introduces herself as Sloan or he can call her the orb weaver and he's like you are the orb weaver big fan big fan love it love your work love Love your your work. work also do they just come up with these names for themselves she came up with her name, but the media gave him all three of his names. okay. After a moment of ogling over how big of a fan he is, he asks if she wants to go to lunch. And she's like, not unless you're trying to get arrested right now. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's take care of this and we can go. So he finds the key off of Albert's dead body and lets her out. But I thought Albert was in the cage with her. So why didn't she get the key? I think he was on the outside of
0: the cage. Okay. And then she got a hold of him while he was like reaching into into the cage and then she killed him and then he fell outside of the cage okay. and she was locked in. Uh, okay, okay.
1: He tells her to go shower and change her clothes and then they can burn the house down because he's feeling some barbecue. Mmm.
0: Ew, sir.
1: <laughs> we switch to Rowan's POV. He's sitting across the table from Sloan silently fangirling again and she's very beautiful. She has raven hair, hazel eyes, and a bunch of freckles. She also seems very nervous and super flighty and he's like, is she always like this? or is she just like this right now? She fidgets with a pink Floyd t-shirt she took from Albert's closet and she's not wearing a bra and it's very distracting. Their food comes to the table and Sloan has to shoo the waitress away because she's just standing there ogling Rowan. And then she apologizes in advance about how she's going to eat since she hasn't eaten in three days and just like goes ham on her food. That's just another day for me. <laughs> I Just picture <laughs> white chicks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> as he watches her eat he low-key gets a boner because she's just sucking the meat off the rib bones like clean and he's like so um why do they not call you blackbird because she was singing like this song when he walked up to her in the cage with blackbird in it and she says that it's a nickname for her orb weavers for them and he's like oh yeah i totally understand she asks what his deal is because she can't figure out why he would let her out And then burn the house down to take her to lunch for ribs and beer. And he says that he obviously was there to murder Albert, but she beat him to it. And she says, yeah, but why are you so far from Boston when there's plenty of lowlifes there for you? And he catches her by saying, so you do know who I am. And she's like mortified that she let it slip that she's like aware of who he is. Oh, ghost of the East Coast. So you have heard of me. He asks if she's a fan and which kill he did was her favorite. And she starts blushing and says that he's the worst, but he tells her that she'll love him one day. And she's like, I don't think so, butcher. Butcher. Mm-hmm. They talk about why he was going to kill Albert and another man he killed that she wanted to kill, vice versa. So they're like talking about like who's on their little hit lists. He can tell when the conversation dies down, she's about to make a move to run and he doesn't want her to because he wants to see her again. He's Like, if she leaves, I know I will never see her again. So he asks her if she knows about a series of murders in Oregon and Washington, and that gets her attention. Apparently, the person committing those murders only attacks hikers and campers who seem to be nomadic and then he like tortures them a bunch. She asks how he knows all this and he says that he makes it his business to know. Then he proposes a friendly competition. First one to win gets to kill him. And she pauses for a minute because she's like what kind of competition? He's like we'll go get some ice cream and set some rules.
0: He's like I'm still hungry.
1: We switch to Sloan's POV. It's one year later and there's a need consuming her and she needs to kill and she needs to do it soon. She pulls out her burner phone and looks at the short text conversation and the only text conversation that she has with the one contact in there, the butcher. The man on her table gets her attention again. He's strapped down and gagged, and she goes back to her text messages and thinks there must be something she missed in the last year since they've met, and she's not sure how the game... Even works still. She's done exactly what he said so far and he told her to be ready today, but it's 8, 12 p.m. And he hasn't let her know anything. Her personal phone dings and she gets her AirPods on so she can call Lark instead of texting her so she can multitask on her victim. Of course. Lark is her sunshine best friend, and she knows about Rowan and asks if Sloan has heard from him yet, and Sloan's like, no. Lark asks if she's still having fun or not because the FBI still hasn't figured out her clues, but Sloan says it's okay because something is missing and eventually they'll figure it out, or she'll just write an anonymous letter in. Lark asks if she's doing okay or if she's about to spiral and lose control, but she quickly shuts the idea down, saying that she just wants to know if the competition has started or not, since, again, she hasn't gotten anything. She gets to work on the pedophile strapped to her table and she takes her scalpel and positions it on his Adam's apple, pushing it into his flesh as he screams. She's get still him. on the phone. <laughs> She's just chit-chatting. She's just, yeah, how's your day? Good. Mhm, mhm. She's killing a man, but it's a pedo, so always justified. Fuck him. Kill him. Kill him. She tells him it's his own fault for being into underage boys online and then she cuts his vocal cords and Lark tells her to get her aggression out and call her later. She hangs up the phone and stitches his damage throw back up when her burner phone buzzes and the text reads my brother Lachlan is going to draw from a hat he'll text us both the location as soon as he does the game is on first one to kill wins if neither of us finds the target within seven days it's a draw then I guess we'll have to rock paper scissors that bitch
0: yeah also so they're just drawing from a hat of like fucked up shitty people
1: yeah good on that kill them all
0: his brother is (laughs) Also, the name Lachlan is very fun. I know. I like it. Very
1: Irish. She tells him that's an unfair advantage. And he says that his brother would rather that she win than letting him win. And she's like, if you're lying, I'll kick your ass. And he's like, I definitely want you to win. Like, chill out. She's like smiling and blushing at her phone. And she's like, this is a dangerous line to walk, but he's kind of cute. And then the location text comes in. So it's game on. Also, she's just teehee
0: as she has like a man in front of her that she's like stop stop stop. yeah (laughs)
1: She tells the man strapped to the table that she has places to be and she makes quick work of him. We switch to Rowan's POV. He's packing his bag when Fionn, his other brother, and Lachlan walk in. Fionn asks where he's going and Lachlan answers saying that he's going on a hunting expedition with a like-minded individual. But Rowan had to make it a competition and roped me into it. Fionn asks why and Lachlan again answers for Rowan saying that he's trying to get out of a friend zone, but it doesn't seem to be working because he's not even in the friend zone to begin with
0: friend zone would be a promotion for him what is he like an admirer Nothing. from afar <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> fiona's shocked to learn that rowan has been pining over a woman for a whole year and asks if lachlan has seen pictures of her and he says yes a couple and she's pretty hot the feds call her orb weaver but her real name is sloan sutherland and i'm like you're just passing out information like it's candy buddy yeah chill. Rowan tells him to shut the fuck up and keep her name out of his mouth and Lachlan just laughs at him. He's about to attack his brother when a text from Sloan comes in and she's already on the plane and sent him a picture of her holding a champagne glass. He texts her back asking for a restart and she says no way and he's like blushing now and he's like trying to pack faster. (laughs) Lachlan gets a call and heads into work. By day, Lachlan runs Kane Atlier, his specialist leatherworking studio, where he creates beauty from the skin of death. But by night, whenever Leander Mays calls, my brother becomes a ruthless tool of the devil. He kills with purpose, but shrouds himself in a cool detachment. Unless he's carving hide with his hands or taking the piss out of me and Fionn, I don't think life matters to him at all. So he's like a little hired hit person, kind of.
0: Damn. Uh-huh. what a fun family little partiers little killers
1: yeah he leaves and rowan finishes packing Fiona tells him to please be careful we switch to sloan's pov she's sitting in the lobby of her hotel torn between staying and running she thinks this is reckless and stupid but she can't make herself leave and she never does anything reckless and stupid it's 2 a.m but she's not tired even after a long day of flights. she's glaring at the cat in the lobby when rowan asks if she's trying to consume its soul he scares the shit out of her and she drops her e-reader and she can't believe he's actually here and that he looks the same as last year and she's very thankful she looks way better than she did last year because remember she was all nasty Uh,
0: and yeah also i want to know if you caught this shelby but i think like every kill that they do every competition is based on a horror movie i did not catch okay so when we get to each kill tell me what horror movie you think it is and i'll tell you if it's the one that i think it is but i'm pretty sure that's a thing because there's a A lot of parallels between each of the kills and very popular horror movies
1: okay this is gonna be fun yeah he grabs her e-reader off the ground and asks what she likes to read anyway monster porn clearly i reply rowan laughs and i manage to snatch
0: the device from his grip which only makes him laugh harder the sentient dragon man has two dicks and he knows how to use them a forked tongue too and a very talented tail so don't make fun they know how to fuck rowan yeah a woman after my own heart (laughs) right Love a good alien dick. A dragon dick? Mm. Or a dragon dick? Ooh. Yeah. Read a couple dragon dick books. They're pretty good. Hm. You do love... the monsters. Dragon dicks.
1: <laughs> she asks when he arrived, and he said about 45 minutes ago. And he's like, and in case you're wondering, like, our rooms are right next to each other. So she's like, okay. You're gonna hear me wanking it later. He pulls a stolen bottle of red wine out, and they take a couple drinks from it. She realizes it feels like they just hung out yesterday and not a year ago when he interrupts her and asks if she knows who they're here for yet. And she's like, no, I have no idea. And he doesn't either. She wants to know why his brother picked the location. And he says that he has connections to certain people who can access government files. Oh, he also tells her that their shared hobby is a profession for his brother. She asks if he's enjoying the restaurant business because she looked him up and he's like, I looked you up too, but I love running my own kitchen. So he has his own restaurant and he is like the head chef of it. Oh, yes, chef. Uh That's even sexier. Behind. (laughs) Hot pan. (laughs) I think they say that. I don't know. probably <laughs> i think i've seen it on chopped he picked the name three and coach for him and his brothers when they left ireland and they got three tickets for coach so like that's the name of his restaurant for him and his brothers three and that coach. sounds fancy fancy yeah they're silent for a moment when he tries to take her e-reader again and he even tries to rock paper scissor to be like let me win your e-reader and she's like just download the app on your phone like no this one's mine <laughs> This is my e No, you're not getting my Kindle. No. That's privacy invasion. Honestly. Yeah.
0: I don't want anybody to see what I'm reading.
1: No. No. Straight to jail. You guys make me read some fucked up things. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I don't want anyone to see all the shirtless men covers in my little Kindle. (laughs) <laughs> the inn owner interrupts their flirting to grab the cat and go to bed. But before he does, he tells them to be careful if they're out there hiking. It wouldn't be the first time someone went missing. She tells him that she's gonna go to bed with her dragon shifter porn, and she might even hike by herself tomorrow. But no boys allowed unless they have scales and a breeding kink. And he laughs and he's like, "Of all the time to forget my dinosaur onesie at home." <laughs>
0: he's funny. I was expecting him to be like, "Oh, I have scales." You want to and see? a breeding kink? You want to get preggy? <laughs> <laughs>
1: We switch to Rowan's POV. He's frustrated he doesn't know who they're after still, but he's glad that Sloan also doesn't know, so there's not, like, an advantage. He knocks on her door Thursday night, and he keeps noticing that she stares at the scar on his lip, so he says if he can come into her room, he'll let her know how he got the scar since she's so obsessed over it, and she, like, is just beet red, like, I cannot believe that you caught me staring at your lips, like, this is embarrassing. But she's like, you can't come in. I'm leaving. He's like, where are you going? She's like, we have a competition. I can't tell you. Yeah. And that's when he finally notices that she's more dressed up than usual and asks if she's going on a date. And she's like, it's technically not a date. He tries to stop her, but she flips him off and keeps going, leaving him behind. He's confused and jealous. And after a minute, tries to follow her, but can't find her after she leaves the lobby. So he goes back to his room and paces. And then he gets a text from her saying that I'm fine. He lets her know that he wasn't even concerned. And she's says good don't wait up with a kiss face emoji oh girl he's jealous he's jelly and she's like (laughs) he is so jealous and pissed off that he almost throws his phone but he decides to do some research instead three hours pass when he finally hears the click of her door and he's relieved she's back he's like what the fuck did you do for three hours none of your business she turns some music on, and it's quiet. He gets off the bed, puts his ear to the wall to see if he can hear what's going on.
0: Oh, what is she doing? The music is a little clearer. The volume's still low. I hear her mattress creak, and then a gentle buzzing sound. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I whisper, dragging my hands down my face. What I would not give to be in that room right now. Sloan's raspy moan sets my blood on fire. My cock is already rock-fucking-hard. I'm about to step back from the wall. I Really am. I'm starting to lean away when I hear a single word pass her lips. Rowan.
1: He thinks that he should walk away when he hears a groan from farther down the wall and he walks to where he thinks he heard the other groan and when he puts his ear to the door his rage finally bubbles over and he hears, yes baby, just like that. He goes to grab the brass lamp on his nightstand and just as he's about to swing it at the wall, the painting where he listened opens its eyes and says, oh shit, what? rowan smashes the wall in and the other man scurries away sloan starts shrieking and calls him an irish pervert and he goes to her door to explain when he starts to explain what he was doing and pulls her into his room to show her proof she's like yeah i fucking know that was my plan and now i have to go chase this man so God she marches past him and uh-huh. he's scrambling to follow he's like what are you talking about she's like this Is Francis Ross, the owner of the inn, and he does this all the time. Like, I did my research, I know who we're after, and I'm gonna go fucking kill this motherfucker. (gasps) And he's ruining it. Okay, yep, let's go. Smart girl. He also has another realization that's who she went on with the date when she's like, it's a competition. And then they both are, like, running after Francis to go kill him. As she's running up to the main house, he tackles her. She says that Francis is hers to kill, and he says, no can do, peaches. And then he pushes off the ground and just starts sprinting. That reminds me of
0: No Can Do'sville, baby doll. Do you remember from How I Met Your Mother? No Can Do'sville.
1: No, I never know. and I I've watched, watched How I watched met it once all the way through.
0: I remember when they made that movie about Ted, where he was, no. like, a piece of shit, and they were like, no can. Dewsville, baby doll, and he was wearing the red boots. And Ted no. all pissed. Oh, I do remember the red boots, though. Yeah.
1: Never mind. stupid. He's almost to the house when he hears an engine running. Francis is going to leave, so he sprints faster and does what any sane person would do. He jumps on the hood of the car and starts smashing the window in with a rock.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's what I would do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sloane yells, tree, and he lets go of the hood to slide off just as the car hits a giant oak. She asks if he's okay, but he just pulls her off the driveway by the throat and tells her mine and she's like okay you can have Francis Chill. He turns back around as Francis is trying to get out of the car. He chokes him with his tie and asks what he was doing in the wall. He tries to tell Roan that he was just watching and he wasn't going to hurt her. But Roan doesn't believe him.
0: Also, just watching, sir, it's still not okay. A crime. He's like, I wasn't going to hurt her. It's fine. Just looking. God. God. I was just having a little wank. (laughs) (laughs) That woman you were watching, my fingers tighten around his throat. As he desperately nods, she is mine. Rowan, she's not. You're not married. She's not your property yet.
1: Not yet, but she will be. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Then he starts to beat him into a literal pulp until he's dead. And when he gets up, he calls for Sloan, but she's not there. And he's like, that was too much. I went, I was way too feral. He like blacked out. Yeah, a little too much. He's like, she only knows me by my stage murders, not me losing control, blacking out and just beating the shit out of people till they're dead. So he calls for her again and she finally pipes up and says that she's here and she steps from the shadows asking if he's okay. He doesn't know what to say so she crouches in front of him asking if Kat's got his tongue because she never thought she would see the day since he always has something to say. He finally says that yeah he's okay and asks if she is and she says that she's okay as well. She tells him this will take a couple days to clean up so they should get started but they can start with cleaning him up. She grabs his hand and they go into Francis's house. She takes him to the bathroom and sits him down while she grabs medical supplies. They're silent when he finally tells her the scar on his lip is from his dad. Him and Lachlan killed their dad and they don't have a mom because she died giving birth to Fionn. She tells him that she's sorry and she continues to wrap his knuckles, which are like completely broken and just like bloody bloody and nasty. He says not to be because he wouldn't be here slowly winning their competition if that night never happened. And she's like, I let you take this one. So, okay, whatever. Yep, you're winning. Let's go. She did all the work. Start cleaning the driveway she did do all the work
0: yeah typical woman doing all the work and then the men come in and say look what i did what horror movie do you think yeah i was one gonna is? ask
1: what did you yeah i have th- no idea i was thinking norman bates okay like bates motel because the motel and then there's the main house and he's been watching psycho oh bates yeah. motel you've never seen either i've seen psycho yeah norman bates
0: That's what I was thinking with this one and I didn't catch it until the second one. The second competition that they had I was like this reminds me of a certain movie and then I was like oh shit the first one reminds me of Norman Bates so I don't know I
1: I see that I see that we switched to Sloan's POV it's been six months since she's seen him but they've talked every single day and she's gotten texts and memes about how big of a winner he is okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's a sore winner
1: yes the only
0: thing worse than a sore loser is a sore winner
1: but she secretly loves it and every night she pictures how he looked after he killed Francis it's also been six months since she's seen Lark so she's happy to be with her best friend right now and Winston the cat from the inn is with her so she took him. Just took the cat? Yeah. She's like this "This is mine now. now. You're dead. (laughs) Lark asks if it was hot and she says yeah it was. She was worried for a minute because of how uncontrollable he seemed but she actually liked it. Lark says maybe you guys can be boyfriend and girlfriend or soulmates, or maybe just fuck buddies and she's like no. Yes. Yeah why are you fighting it? Go fuck that man. Lark says that she could end her dry spell with Rowan but Sloan doesn't want to hear about it because she's scared that since they're now friends and he knows exactly who she is she doesn't want to lose it and I'm like don't be a pussy yeah who's who he cares? gonna tell he can't tell on you because you could tell on him exactly leverage fuck that man Lark tells her to go to Boston for fun and text him to hang out and she's like maybe I will I'll think about it like if I ever have a work meeting there and she does think about it for three whole months so we fast forward three fucking months and she's like okay i'm gonna go to boston the time jumps in this book are insane yeah i was gonna say a year six months now three months. Jesus Christ. She's standing in front of his restaurant wondering if she should go in and when she finally does she gets seated and before she can second guess and leave the restaurant her server comes up to take her drink order. She has no idea what she wants so she gets the waitress's favorite drink and people watches trying to overcome her anxiety. She knows that he'll be there though because she hacked into the restaurant data and saw that he was on the schedule to work today. She's also really good with computers.
0: Yeah, a little crafty gal.
1: And after a while she. Sees a bunch of servers come in and one who she's never met, but he looks very familiar. And she sees Lachlan Kane, Rowan's brother. We love an Irish man, honestly. Is Paul Mescal
0: Irish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is Jacob Elordi? He's British. No, Australian. Oh, he's Australian. I just saw him. Say he's a very about being large Aussie. Human. He's like six foot eleven. He's huge. I mean, I don't know if he's six foot eleven, but he is a tall man. He is a hot, hot hottie in euphoria be toxic i love it (laughs) i typically don't like shows that are like heavy on like like sex and i don't know why i typically don't but but here we are doing a podcast i know (laughs) true because isn't that all euphoria is i mean they're drugs yeah okay did you guys watch Saltburn? No. no but i've seen videos about it and i'm scared okay no watch it it's not nearly as bad as people make it out to be oh. i wanted make- it to be more disturbing oh i'll make zach watch it with me
1: do it because jacob lordy's in it okay Lachlan, ready dark hair full lips slanted into a smirk tattoos that climb the side of his neck from beneath his collar his arm is draped over the shoulders of a tiny brunette woman the rings on his tattooed knuckles glinting perfectly beneath her waves he He's tall and powerfully built. Even with his leather jacket and thick sweater, I can tell he's basically a wall of muscle. And with those dark, predatory eyes that sharpen like a blade set to cut me, I know he's trouble. Oh, sexy Lachlan! But she doesn't want Lachlan. She wants Rowan. No, her to win. she's just admiring his beauty. He's a beautiful boy. Yeah. She stops her server, asking for a box and the bill, so she can leave. Because Lachlan, she can tell that he knows who she is, and she waits for him. Lachlan to be distracted. By a different waitress before she makes her move to leave the restaurant, but she stopped by Rowan. He's in a chef's coat and baggy pants, and he looks so sexy that she starts blushing. That doesn't sound sexy. I know it doesn't. <laughs> I'm
0: just picturing him in like an oversized white chef coat and like huge pants. No, I'm like, think oh, about the Jeremy Allen White. Yeah, that's true. Then him screaming at everyone working in the kitchen with him. I've never actually watched it, but I did watch Shameless and I did see him in his Calvin Kleins. So. Yeah, yes, chef. I know, I've seen a lot of, like, TikTok edits, so I'm like, ah, yes, chef.
1: (laughs) He yells at the hostess for not telling him that she was there, and her waitress is about to clean the table off, when he snaps at her and tells her not to fucking touch anything. He asks her why she's in Boston, and she starts, like, blubbering and, like, giving excuses that don't make sense, and he tells her to stay, and they can sit at her same booth. She keeps backing away, saying that she can't stay, but Lachlan stands between her and her escape. Rowan and his brother have a little standoff before Lachlan tries to go to her her booth and Rowan says that if he touches the booth, he'll rip Lachlan's hands off and use them to wipe his ass for the rest of his life. Ew. God. Lachlan laughs and then Rowan is being told that he's actually done for the day so he can just go with the girl. Sloane looks to see who said that and it's a beautiful blonde woman who Rowan seems resigned to be next to. Anna is his friend and Anna asks if he's finally going to join them for the night and then she asks Sloane if she wants to join too, but she declines and she leaves. She gets to her hotel room Room and rebooks her flights for her the next day. And it's been 10 days since she got back, and they've barely talked. She texts him and apologizes to him for just showing up and he says that she shouldn't be sorry he just wished that he knew she was there and that they got to hang out. And then she doesn't text him back. Come on. We switched to Rowan's POV. He's watching from across the street as a kid knocks on her door to hand her a paper bag and he paid this kid money to do this. So he's like across the street from her apartment. And she like, lives I'm in Raleigh in. and he lives in Boston. He's like so I'm they're in very town. far away after she closes the door the kid comes back to collect the rest of his money and Rowan tells him same time tomorrow and the kid leaves with a hundred bucks so he gave him fifty dollars to do it and then fifty dollars after the job was completed
0: hell yeah that kid just fucking scored easy money. Yeah.
1: It's been a week since he texted her saying that sh- he wished that she stayed and she never replied. He knows if she backs off any further, he'll never see her again and that can't happen. She asks why he sent ingredients to her, but he texts her what to do with all the ingredients and then she calls him and is like, what are you doing? He tells her, I'm doing what we should have done the other day. We're going to cook together, so put the phone on speaker and let's get started. Cute. Right? But he's also stalking her from across the street. So. But also, it's basically like free hello fresh yeah from an actual like delivery service yeah yes chef (laughs) he whispers that he wishes she would have stayed the other day and he could have shown her the kitchen and they could have made something together and she says that she was intruding while he was busy but he tells her that he would have just made time for her she's his friend and maybe someday his best friend and i was like that's cute they do have a lot in common so sweet maybe one day we'll be besties she tries to say that he barely knows her but he tells her that he probably knows all the darkest parts of her better than anyone knows her and she knows the same about him so that technically does make them best friends she asks how much cheese to grate and he starts giving her instructions for the meal they start talking about her work meeting that she was in Boston for, and if he could ever go to one with her, but she's like, no, they're confidential. She's like a analyst for software or something, mm-hmm. but it's like medical software. Okay. He asks why she doesn't sell her art, because when she was at his restaurant, she was doodling and drew apparently a very amazing picture of a raven and like left it on the table. Oh. So he asks her why she doesn't sell art instead of working as a data scientist, she tells him that no one wants to buy bird sketches and plus art isn't the same as it used to be and it brings up bad memories. He tells her that he's always wanted to be a chef even as a kid because it helped their family and it was a nice to create good food from minimal ingredients because they were like kind of poor in Ireland. Mm -hmm. They continue talking on the phone and they do this for two more days and the kid keeps delivering bags but doesn't give her any information. So every day he goes same time watches from across the street as this kid delivers food and then they cook together. Okay, I know he's
0: stalking her, but like, cute.
1: That is cute. <laughs> On the fourth day, the kid does not show up and she goes outside to see if anyone's out there and doesn't see anything so she goes back inside and he goes to the airport to head back to Boston. But before his plane takes off, he gets a text from Sloan and it reads, I missed you today. And she also says that she must not be an actual adult because she can't cook without his help. He texts her back and says that he misses her too, but next time she's in Boston, he can teach her to make something in person. And she tells him that she'll see him again in a few weeks for their little competition and she plans to kick his ass. Get him. So we fast forward the couple weeks. We're in Sloane's POV and she's at a corner bar trying to talk to Thorsten Harris, who thinks he's an apex predator. She has a plan on what to do when Rowan ruins everything and decides to sit down on the couch next to her her at the bar and introduces himself to Thorsten. She's built this up for four days and she thought she finally lost Rowan when she snuck out of the motel but of course he showed up and within ten minutes Thorsten is inviting Rowan to their dinner plans at his house tomorrow. So for four days she's been going to this fucking bar trying to like Get this guy to be her friend and invite her over for dinner. And then he comes in. She's been doing all this work again. They part ways with their next victim and she tells Roan that he's a cheater. He followed her relentlessly instead of trying to figure out who the victim is on his own. And she tells him again for the millionth time that he's the worst. The next day, he follows her when she goes shopping for an outfit for the dinner party and then meets her at Thorsten's mansion. He welcomes them in and gives them a tour. He gets them drinks and seats them at the dining room table. When she doesn't touch her wine, Thorsten is like, do you not like that kind? And she's like, I I do. I just am going to pace myself. He's like, okay. Thorsten tells them that they're a very lovely couple and asks how they met. She tries to say that they're just friends and she doesn't compete with his adoring socialite regulars. And Rowan looks her dead in the eyes and says that no one competes with Sloane. She just hasn't realized it yet. Okay. They get dinner brought out to them by a man named David who unfortunately can't talk due to a recent accident. And she knows Rowan rowan hasn't figured out their victim yet when he gives her a puzzled look so they eat their appetizers and chit chat but she's very alert and when thorsten tops their wine off again she's like yep it's about to happen and david has like two black eyes and Mm -hmm. yeah and he doesn't talk what did this guy do what did he do She pretends to drink more, but Rowan is like chugging his wine and he starts to compliment how pretty she looks and how much he likes her and how beautiful she is. And she's blushing and saying thank you when he begins to ramble about how his brothers make fun of him every day for taking a vow of abstinence for a woman who doesn't even want him back. And she's like, Rowan, please stop talking. (laughs) She's like, not here. She tries to get him to shut up when the main course is brought out. Thorsten says that he's very interested to get his opinion on his very own take of it. Rowan starts eating the food and says it's fantastic before he passes out right onto his plate. There's a beat of silence. Thorsten and I stare at the man sleeping on a bed of salad with a thinly sliced rare human steak hanging out of his mouth. It's the accidental cannibalism. (laughs)
0: Ew. (laughs) And it's Thorsten? No, it's Rowan. Rowan. It's Rowan? Yeah. He like took a bite of the steak and was like, delicious. Why did he pass out? Just, he drank too much? The wine that Thorsten was serving them is drugged. But she was trying to like look at Rowan and be like, don't drink the wine. Don't drink the wine. And she was trying to look at him and like look at David and be like, lobotomy, lobotomy. Oh, shit. It was not clicking. No, stupid man.
1: I know. For a serial killer who's never been caught, you're kind of fucking stupid. Yeah. She looks at Thorsten and he's very confused as to why she has not passed out yet. And she's like, looks like it's just us. You want to play? And she pulls out a steel blade from her napkin. (laughs) We switch to Rowan's POV. His first conscious thought is Sloan. And then he hears music and then he hears her singing. So he knows she's okay, but he knows that he is not okay okay then screams fill the room and he gets his vision back when he sees sloan straddling a terrified man saying it would be easier if he held still <laughs> the scream stops abruptly and he watches her reach around and drop an eyeball into the bowl next to rowan's head and he throws up everywhere oh come on rowan he finally manages to talk and says that he can't believe that the motherfucker drugged him and she says that he's been out for a couple hours but they need to ditch thorsten but also david's in the kitchen eating all the food and he's kind of freaking her out and he's like, I don't know how that's freaky. Like, he's hungry, I guess. (laughs) He's like, why does that freak you out? She's like, um, you ate human steak. You know that, right? You ate people. And he throws up everywhere again.
0: Is this man like a known cannibalist? Thorsten. Yeah. Yeah. So he invites people over to his house since he's like a rich guy and then serves them people.
1: Uh Sometimes he'll kill them to use for more people food. Ew! people.
0: (laughs) And then David is like his little servant with no brain.
1: Oh, God. She tells him that he passed out while chewing. So she had to scrape it off of his tongue so he didn't choke while he was passed out. And then she tortured Thorsten to figure out what exact. Exactly. it was And Rowan learns that she had to literally dig human ass out of his mouth because Thorsten served them a rump roast. (laughs) Ew! (laughs) She asks if he remembers anything and he says, no, not really. And she looks really relieved, but he doesn't want to admit that he does remember calling her, like, beautiful and saying like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. She's like, are you good? He's like, I feel like shit, but I'm okay, I guess. And when she finally gets up and walks away from the man, he Sees that it's Thorsten. She did her signature orb weaver routine and he is amazed to see it up close because remember, he's a fan, he's a fangirl. That's right. She tells him for the next part, he should probably look away since he's squeamish and he's like, I'm okay. So she gets to work on the skin ornaments and her dress rises up, but his dick is starting to get hard, thinking about what the curve of her ass would feel like in his hands.
0: You know, as one would in that situation.
1: She tries to do a dramatic voila when she's finished, but Thorsten is passed out again and that irritates her. So Rowan asks her, how exactly is this a map? Since I'm talking to the person who makes these now, I can like figure it out. And she helps him up and explains that it's a 3D map. So like one string of fishing line is for streets one is for wetlands and the other is for soil i'm curious what this looks like a
0: spider's oh, yeah
1: it's like a little spidey whip and where does she do it on them like off of their bodies yeah and then she takes that's why she's out. the orb weaver so crazy she says if those idiot investigators would take each section of the design and layer it into ArcGIS software they'd have enough to make a topographic map The piece from his chest in the center of the web is this house. Every other little bit of Thorsten represents the last known whereabouts of a missing person he's taken or killed. So she'll use like the eyeballs and the skin ornaments for like pieces of like a body marker of his victims. Damn. Yeah. She's got brains. Yeah, she does. He tells her this is art and he isn't sure how she does it within a couple hours, but she explains she gets measurements from property records first, then lays and glues them to canvas before rolling it up and bringing it here so it's pretty much done. She just has to set it up okay. He wants to kiss her and tell her that she's brilliant and beautiful, but he doesn't in fear of pushing her away. Thorsten wakes up and tries to tell her to stop, but she tells him that he is someone like she used to know. He used to prey on innocent people just like him and promise the best education and opportunities for students into art. He even preyed on students whose parents were never around just like hers. Rowan watches her and his heart breaks as she continues about how she could always cope with the abuse from him, but the one price she couldn't pay was Lark. When Lark finally confessed to what happened to her. Sloane took her chance and decided to rid the world of all the dark, depraved humans so her loved ones couldn't be hurt anymore. And then she plunges her blade into Thorsten's chest and stomach and he dies. Good. Uh-huh. He approaches her slowly and knows that she could possibly turn on him, but it's a risk he's willing to take. He tells her that she's okay and that Lark is okay. And then he hugs her and makes a joke about needing an anti after the Dijon dressing. <laughs> She relaxes into him and chuckles and then they decide to check on David in the kitchen and when they get there he's eating a bowl of cookies and cream ice cream. Rowan asks how she figured it out and when was she going to clue him in on being invited to a cannibal's fucking house and she's like it was easy when Lachlan gave us the location and I did not feel bad about cluing you in but I did. Do feel bad about scraping human meat from your mouth? Yeah. They get David to put the ice cream down. And when she sees the container, she tells Rowan that she will never eat ice cream again. And he's like, please do not tell me. I don't want to know. Like, I cannot handle this. And she starts to list the ingredients. <sighs> it's made with cream, sugar, and semen milked from April 10th to the 13th. Eww! And David was just chowing down. So who's semen? Um, it doesn't say. It just says it was milked from April tenth
0: to the thirteenth. Jesus Christ! Semen ice cream. Yummy, yummy. You know what it reminds me of? You guys have both watched The Office, right? It's twin Michael's eating that bowl of mayo with black and olives. Olives. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but less, that's less growth.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, 100%.
1: Rowan vomits it in the sink, and she laughs and says that she needs a victory claim for this year's game, and he says, that's not fair, we didn't do one last year, and she says that she saved him from consuming human meat, so she kind of deserves it. Honestly. And her victory claim, she wants Rowan to give David a job, and he's like, how is that humanly possible? We are in fucking California, and I live in Boston, I cannot fly this man across the U.S. to get him a job. He he can be like his little puppy. She says, fine, drop him off at the hospital and then claim him later if no one does anything and just say that you're super moved by his survival story. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then she asks David to follow her and she proves to Rowan that he can wash dishes at the restaurant. So she's like, here, David, watch me do this. (laughs) And then he does exactly (laughs) that. Oh, little David. She begs Rowan to do it and then he can have a victory claim to make up for last year, whatever he wants and he gets like this crazy smile on his face and she's like oh god I wanna fuck you. She kisses him on the cheek and says thank you but now they need to clean up. Once they're done and outside she tells him that they might be best friends now and then she admits that she wasn't in Boston last year for a meeting. She lied to him but she'll see him next year and walks away.
0: She's like I think we're best friends and he's like do you wanna go do karate in the garage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also what movie did this remind you of Charlotte? This one reminded me of Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Especially because they're drinking Chianti and that's the wine that Hannibal drinks Uh with brains and fava beans. Yeah. It's his favorite. I've never seen that either. I think it's the second one where he's like Chianti and faba beans, and there's like brains.
1: I think it's the second one too. It's not the first one. No, but yeah, it reminded me of Hannibal. We switched to Sloane's POV. She's on a video chat with Lark telling her that she needs to push her boobs up more or to change into the emergency dress. So she changes into what they call the emergency dress, which is a curve-hugging, blood-velvet cocktail dress with a very, very low neckline that fits, like, second skin.
0: Ooh, saucy.
1: Uh-huh. She says that she looks like a retro pinup movie girl, and I was like, ooh, okay. I like that. Dita Yeah, that's what ooh, I thought of. Ooh, hot, hot, hot. Lark asks if she's nervous and she says no, just terrified. It's been eight months since she's seen Rowan and they've talked almost every day for the first six months and then it tapered off. He's busy opening a second restaurant location. Lark tries to tell her not to stress. She has boobs and they both have murder in common. Like, obviously, it's gonna go well. But she tells Lark that she's terrified because she wants him in her life more than a friend now. Ooh, girl. She's catching feelings. Uh-huh. She is. When are they gonna fuck? Not my I <laughs> have... <laughs> she is in boston and she's finishing getting ready because that was his victory claim to visit him on his birthday but his birthday is in two days and she has to be in madrid for work so she's doing like this boston gala night thing with him instead she hangs up with lark and finishes getting ready and then rowan sends her text saying that he's in the lobby ready to pick her up when she goes down there he's in a suit and tie and he looks absolutely beautiful her words beautiful mm. He looks her up and down and tells her that she looks very beautiful and he's happy that she's there. And then he hugs her. Rowan releases me from his embrace, but holds my upper
0: arms in his warm palms. And then his lips are pressed to my neck where my pulse surges. My breath catches as the kiss lingers for a moment, just long enough to etch itself into my memory for eternity. Oh, I love a good neck kiss.
1: It's very sweet. He tells her that he would have kissed her cheek, but he didn't want to ruin her makeup. And then he grabs her hand and takes them to the car. And he continues to hold her hand in the car. So he's being like...
0: Yeah, intimate. Yeah. Well, sweet boy.
1: She tells him that they could have Ubered, but he says that he wanted to splurge with how busy he's been with the restaurants. And he wanted to have a fun night out with his best friend. And now she's like, oh, maybe he does not like me like that. She just got friend zoned she technically put them in the friend zone though
0: she did i wish both of them would just get the fuck over it it's a slow burn
1: it is she asks how david is and he says that he's doing good he's actually a really good helper and lives in a group home that drives him to and from work every day ah okay that stop
0: it that's the cutest thing i've ever heard
1: <laughs> they're just yeah. giving him a nice little life yeah
0: mm-hmm. i love that just a little vegetable man yeah He washes dishes.
1: Does a good job. Cute. She's happy to hear that and reminds him that he must be doing a good job to get this award for the third year in a row for the restaurant. And when they arrive, he tells her that she's going to be the most beautiful woman in the room. The whole room is beautiful and decorated amazing. And she feels very out of place, but is happy to be with Rowan. After they eat and get drinks, she stays behind admiring him. And before she knows what she's going to do, she gets up and walks over to him, interrupts his conversation and is like, do you want to dance with me? Which is not like her. She doesn't do that
0: she was very impulsive
1: yes she was and he is very surprised but says yes like automatically yes he drags them to the dance floor where they start dancing to a slow song and after a minute, he asks if she's ready to have some real fun. And she's confused. But he tells her Dr. Stefan Ross this behind him in the red tie is their target for the night. He's killed six of his patients in over 15 years here in Boston. And she's like, so that's what tonight was all about. Just to like go do something. Like he didn't want to actually hang out with me. Don't
0: think too much about it like that. She is. She's in her little noggin. He wants to kill with her. Mm-hmm. With you. Girl. Girl pop
1: <laughs> he's excited though and whispers his plan and she says that she isn't really dressed for the occasion because remember she's in like a nice nice dress that's like very form-fitting like she can't really do anything and he says don't worry i'll do all the messy stuff she doesn't respond and he can tell that something's bothering her and he thought she knew what he meant by having a fun night together and she's like i must have missed that in google translation tell him what you really want And that's when he realizes that she was actually there to be with him and only him. He leans close to her and he's about to kiss her when his phone rings and he has to answer it. The stove in his new pastry kitchen just blew up and he has to leave. No one got hurt, but he doesn't want her anywhere near the mess. And she says, okay, I'm sorry your night took a turn. He says that he's sorry too, but she should stay and have fun and he'll leave her the keys to the car. He kisses her forehead and leaves, but he texts her immediately and says, I miss you. And she says, I miss you too. She's like, maybe we'll just try again in a few months. We get to Sloane's POV. Four months later, her and Rowan are hiking to their next victim's house. It's a creepy Texas Chainsaw Massacre style house. Yeah. Ah. Oh. I put that in my notes. Yeah. So I was making connections with my brain. <laughs> it's a creepy Texas Chainsaw Massacre style house where they can hear him torturing a victim in an actual chainsaw. Starts up. They decide to take separate entrances of the house. She gets the front, him the back, and as she's sneaking through the house, it stinks of mold and decay and she sees his half mummified mom in a rocker covered by a blanket so like ed gein and his little mom yeah Yeah. but also like kind of like Leatherface. well because texas chainsaw massacre was
0: based on ed gein it was oh shit i didn't Mm -hmm. know that I was. Edgy's this it. is so interesting. Disgusting. With his like skin In lamps. In a bad, bad way. He had like a nipple
1: belt, didn't yeah. he? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fucking disgusting.
1: <laughs> Haven't you heard you don't waste any of the pig That's or the true. cow? But like human? You don't waste any of the human. Waste not, want not.
0: Do you guys like my new nipple belt?
1: <laughs> I made it myself. <laughs> made out
0: of free range nipples. <laughs>
1: She goes upstairs and slowly checks all the rooms, and thankfully the storm outside helps hide any noise that she makes, but it's also hard to hear if there's any noise happening, but she thinks it's a little too quiet. When she gets to the last room, she sees it's filled with monitors of the property, and on one monitor, she can see Rowan sneaking through the kitchen and Harvey (sighs) stalking down the hall towards him. No! She turns to leave the room and yells Rowan when she runs straight into Harvey's boot.
0: Ew, also the name Harvey. I do like that name, but the name Harvey, I'm just picturing like an old fat man.
1: He's like huge and like nasty. Yeah. Ew.
0: Picturing the mucus monster. What the hell's a mucus monster? Like Mucinex?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> monster i just picturing it with the one with the overalls though because he's texas Chainsaw, <laughs> yeah. just stalking the hallways
0: oh god <laughs> okay then she just takes a mucinex and he's like "Ah!" <laughs> why is that funny she wakes up rolling down a hill with a dislocated shoulder and Harvey grabs her by the hair lifting her up and when she meets his eyes she spits in his face but he just smiles showing his rotten teeth. Yeah. He drags her around to the side of the house by her hair and throws her into a cellar where there's a naked woman sobbing hysterically about Harvey killing someone named Adam. Sloan promises the woman that Adam will be the last man Harvey ever kills. She looks down at her phone to a bunch of frantic texts from Rowan and she texts back that she's in the cellar just outside the house and he tells her to hold tight he's on his way why wouldn't harvey take her phone because harvey is a dumb idiot he's just a mucus monster <laughs> <laughs> mucus monsters don't know about cell phones <laughs> the woman introduces herself as autumn and sloan tells her to help her get her shirt off so she can wear it so since sloan's shoulders dislocated she's like help me get this off you're naked you can wear my shirt i'll just sport the bra. Yeah.
1: Autumn can be poo bear.
0: Yeah, be poo bear. Be poo bear. Rowan chops into the cellar door with an axe and pulls Sloan out, telling Autumn to stay put while they take care of Harvey and they'll come back for her. Sloan and Rowan run to a nearby barn on the property and he drops the axe and starts to frantically inspect her for injuries. And when he asks why she's not wearing a shirt, Sloan reassures him that Harvey didn't do anything like that and she gave her shirt to Autumn. So his automatic thought was he assaulted you sexually. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 no. Sloan asks him to pop her shoulder back in but he says she needs to wait for the doctor because it might be broken he kneels down in front of her and tells her he's so sorry and and she runs her hands through his hair and he tells her that he can't lose her and she says then he'd better kiss her ah finally he does and their whole relationship suddenly shifts Sloan forgets the entire situation and everything starts to get all hot and heavy when they hear a scream and a chainsaw. So they just forget where they are and get caught up in the kiss and they just hear like ah! <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah. I always wonder how people in these moments get like all like hot and bothered and they're like, kiss me. And I'm like, How? I mean, they're like serial killers, so. That's true. They're used to this adrenaline. Yeah. They look outside to see Harvey chasing Autumn right to the barn, and Rowan says he'll be right back. He's going to get revenge on the man who hurt his girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Autumn runs into the barn and Rowan jumps out, slamming the axe into Harvey's chainsaw, which whacks him in the face. Rowan hits Harvey in the kneecap with his axe and Harvey is barely conscious and on the ground. But Sloan tells him to wait because he promised that she could have this one. So she runs into the house to get what she needs and when she gets back to the barn, Rowan is hammering Harvey's hands to the ground with metal spikes. This part, I laughed at Yeah, this part's oh. fucked up. She comes up by Harvey feet and he looks down to see sloan has his mother's corpse and is running it up his body talking <laughs> to him in a creepy old lady voice telling him he's been a bad boy so she's oh. like harvey you've been so naughty oh my she's like God. shimmying his and mom's he's dead screaming body hysterically <laughs> yeah oh he's freaking the fuck out understandably yeah, that's so fucked up <laughs> When the corpse's face is finally at Harvey's, her dentures fall out right into him. And he's fully freaking out. The dead woman's dentures just like fall onto his face. Oh, my God. And Sloan is like, let me in. I need to see how naughty you've been. (laughs) She uses Mama Mead's hands to pry his mouth open. (laughs) Saying that she wants to crawl inside and have a look around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Harvey turns red and then suddenly pale and his lips turn blue. He has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> and Sloane tells him that's so not cool. She's like, I wanted to fucking kill you and you fucking And Not cool, Harvey. <laughs>
1: God, Harvey. I just love that she used his poor mummified mother that has been there for who knows how fucking long because he has mommy issues to haunt him till he literally died.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking nightmare. I'd have a heart attack too. <laughs> At this point, Autumn has run off. I think she ran off before any of this ever started. Yeah. I think once he got hit in the face with a chainsaw, she's like, bye. <laughs> yeah. And then they burn the property down and Rowan tells Sloane he's taking her to Nebraska to see Dr. Fionn Kane, his brother. We switch to oh, Rowan's POV. Doctor. Yeah,
1: he's the only like good brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Normal. It's the next day and Sloane is asleep as Rowan drives them to Nebraska and he's thinking about how much he cares about her and how much she's consumed him. She wakes up and says she feels like hell and probably looks like like it too and he says no she looks beautiful like a goddess of vengeance oh she doesn't she opens the visor <laughs> to look at herself and then she starts to cry because she legit has a boot print shaped bruise on her head and she can even read Carhart in the center of her forehead like he <laughs> wow. fucking whacked her yeah
1: he got her good
0: god damn <laughs> she starts to ask about fion and if he knows and rowan says yeah he knows what him and lachlan do in their spare time and he tells her about how him and lachlan killed their father the last time he ever attacked them and the rest is history he never stopped killing men like his father and he never felt guilty he starts to wonder if maybe sloan has a similar story they stop at a gas station and rowan runs in to grab some refreshments and comes back with a trucker cap for sloan that says sounds like bullshit to me and she loves it (laughs) (laughs) and puts it on along with some (laughs) aviators he bought he helps her into a button-up flannel as carefully as he can and as he's doing up the buttons he notices that her belly button is pierced and through her bra he can see nipple rings and he knows Uh that that was not there the first time he saw her because he could see her her nipples through the pink Floyd t-shirt when they first met. So she got her nipples pierced since then. He's hard as a rock and she smirks, asking if something caught his eye. She offers to drive just in case anything shiny catches his eye and they run off the road, but he says, nope, he's fine. They get to Fionn's and it's about noon. He knocks, but nobody answers. So he lets them in and goes to the backyard when they find the house empty. And he calls out, hey, peckerhead, stop dicking around. When he's slammed in the head with something hard and someone yells, dick this motherfucker. <laughs> he grabs for the weapon but it's a crutch and the person who hit him is a young woman and sloan is trying to calm everybody down but they start fighting each other each wielding a crutch when the woman pulls out a hunting knife accusing Rowan of being the one who bruised up sloan and asks who the fuck he is sloan reassures the woman that rowan didn't touch her but the woman isn't buying it and we learn her name is rose and she is now threatening to cut rowan's balls off she's spicy i mean yeah a woman that will protect her own Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a girl's girl yes Sloan tells Rose that the man who did this to her is dead. Then who the fuck is this crutch-stealing flea bag? He's Rowan, Sloan says, gesturing at me again. Rose narrows her eyes as though this is insufficient information. He's my f fr- boy Guy. A man guy. I'm with here. I snort a laugh as Rose's face scrunches. Man guy, I echo. Real smooth, Blackbird. Man guy. Man He's guy. been promoted to man guy. Sloan explains that Rowan is Fionn's brother and they're here for her arm. Rose is suspicious, but pulls out her phone and dials Fionn, saying there's a beat-up woman and a man claiming to be his brother here, and Fionn asks him to confirm by telling them his childhood nickname, and Rowan reluctantly says, Shit Flicker. Shit Flicker? What a nickname. So, who
1: is Rose? <laughs> is this Fionn's, like, wife? No. She's just a, a woman girl. Yeah, a woman girl. Like, he's a man guy.
0: <laughs> Fionn says he'll be there in 15 minutes, and Rose seems satisfied and leaves them to get situated. Rowan sets Sloan up on the couch and asks if she wants a drink, but she says she wants to know what shit flicker means, and he tells her that she's lucky she's injured, and she says, oh yeah, why is that? My hand folds around her throat, one finger at a time, pressing into her skin, her pulse like music beneath my palm. She shivers when my lips graze her earlobe, because I'd bend you over my knee and spank that perfect ass of yours until it glows. And then do you want to know what I'd do? She gives me a shaky nod. Three une- even breaths yes she whispers i teach you a lesson about wanting about wanting to come so badly you have to beg for it my cock hardens as sloan's blood surges against my fingertips and once i was sure you'd learn that lesson i'd teach you about wanting to stop coming so badly you beg for that too (gasps) Uh Uh (laughs) uh-huh rowan oh my god rowan She's shaking and thinking about how easily he could crush her windpipe right now. He gets up, leaving her all flustered, and goes to the kitchen to get them some drinks where he sees Rose shuffling a tarot deck and she tells him he's lucky she's here because she's in the spare room, which means there's only one bed in the house for him and Sloane. There's only one bed. Oh my god. She looks down at the cards and asks if they're here because of some sort of game gone wrong. That's what the cards say. A game of life and death. And she keeps doing her reading and tells him that the truth will be revealed and destruction and chaos will ensue. Theon shows up, but Rowan can't get Rose's words out of his head. We switch to Sloane's POV. She wakes up in bed with Rose. Rowan from a nightmare about that night with Lark. Her arm wasn't broken and Fionn popped it back into place earlier and so she took a painkiller nap. She says she feels gross because she's still wearing the same clothes from their time with Harvey and Rowan runs her a bath. She walks into the bathroom and he slips behind her telling her she looks beautiful even though she knows she looks like shit. She says her bruise is the color of eggplant and she has a mushy eggplant dick face. (laughs) But he tells her that she's the best thing that's ever happened to him, no matter how many bruises are on her heart or on her skin. He unbuttons her shirt and lets it fall to the ground, admiring her body while taking in all of her bruises from Harvey. He slips her leggings off and is clearly struggling seeing her like this. And so she slides down the sit, but he won't make eye contact with her for some reason. He begins to wash her and he confesses that it took everything in him not to fuck her while he undressed her and that she's injured and it's all his fault. And she tells him the game is the most fun she's ever had and he's what she looks forward to most every year. Oh, so sweet. She says that she feels safe and seen with him and he says that she's not safe. He almost lost her and she says, yeah, but she's right here. And she leans in and kisses him, but he's still being restrained with her, so she Guides his hand down her body until he's touching between her legs. <gasps> it's happening!
1: Finally! Oh, just see you wait.
0: <laughs> he sucks in a ragged breath. Sloan, is that? My hand floats away as I let him explore. His fingers find my clit and the triangle piercing there. Ah! And I bite <laughs> down on my bottom lip at the burst of sensation. He then moves down to the symmetrical outer labia piercings, where the bars on each side are clapped with small titanium balls. By the time he reaches the four-chat piercing, he's nearly vibrating with tension. <gasps> I had to Google what a four was and it's the space like behind your vagina in between your butthole. Like your taint? Yeah. He tells her to get out of the fucking bath and picks her up carrying her to the bed. Show me he demands. My brows hike as my heart tries to spear itself against my ribs. Show you? You heard me. Get up on that bed and spread your legs and show me. Do it. Spread them. <laughs> he tells her he's wanted her for four years and she's going to show him what he's been missing. She props herself up on the bed, spreading her legs for him as he stares into her eyes, and he tells her to keep spreading them until her legs are as open as she can physically manage. He looks at her pierced vagina and asks about the clit piercing, and she says she got it because it's supposed to help with orgasms because she couldn't before. The labia piercings remind her of armor, and the forchette piercing made her feel confident, but nobody has seen it because she hasn't slept with anyone since she met him. Okay. Yeah, armor, you know. (laughs) He's very intense and asks why, because when he ruins her for all other men, she needs to know it's what she asked for. He kneels between her legs and says he has four years to make up for and tells her to pick a safe word. And she picks chainsaw.
1: Chainsaw? Chainsaw. Chainsaw. This bitch has a dislocated shoulder. You guys can't, like, wait. I mean, it got popped back in. Doesn't it still hurt, though? Probably. It's probably very sore. His breathy
0: laugh is a burst of warmth against my core. How fitting, love. Now be a good girl and find something to grab onto, he says. Then passes one long, slow lick over son because i'm about to destroy you (gasps) destroy her
1: destroy she has armor he can't
0: i know (laughs) i was gonna say it wards off evil he goes down on her flicking his tongue over her clit piercing while tugging on her nipple rings and she moans his name but he says he can't hear her (gasps) god damn my fingers trace the symmetrical rows of titanium balls and bars that frame her entrance and she squirms before i drag my tongue through her lips And return to her clit to dip a finger into her pussy Her eyes are closed, her head tilted back against the pillow Her good hand grips an iron rung of the headboard as she bites down on her lip my finger curls to stroke a slow path over her inner walls she writhes and sinks her teeth down into her flesh that definitely won't do i give her breast two gentle slaps in quick succession and she immediately lets go of her lip to suck in a needy breath i still can't hear you rowan she whimpers sloan writhes when i give her another slap her pussy soaks my hand as i pump my finger in slow strokes did you want something, Blackbird? You're going to have to speak up. I'd get so pissed off if we just kept saying, I can't hear you. I'd be like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> Never mind. Yes, you fucking can. She tells him she needs more, but he says she's gonna have to do better than that if she wants to come, and blows air onto her vagina. Yeah, that'll get her going. (laughs) She begs him, and he says he's gonna let her come once, since she asked so nicely, but by the end of this, he wants her screaming. He continues to eat her out, and tells her to keep her eyes on him the entire time, and they make eye contact as she gets closer, but he stops, and he says one more thing, but she says no, no more things, just let her come, no more stopping. And he smiles devilishly and says as you wish no more stopping for a final time I seal my mouth around her licking and sucking and nibbling until she's a writhing mess in my hands her arousal smeared across my ew smeared her arousal (laughs) smeared her arousal (laughs) smeared across smeared across my face and her inner thighs. Her cunt pulses around my fingers and she comes apart with a strangled moan. Her back bowed from the damp sheets. I keep the pressure on until I'm sure every second of her pleasure is spent. Until she's boneless and breathless. I slip my arm from beneath her to place my palm on the soft skin of her belly. As I withdraw my fingers from her pussy and rise on my knees. Maybe she doesn't yet realize how long she's going to be at my non-existent mercy, but at least she knows I'm not done. (laughs) Sure. He puts his fingers in her mouth and commands her to suck. She does, and when he's satisfied, he pulls his shirt off and takes his pants off, freeing his dick. Sloane is clearly impressed and tells him he's beautiful, which makes him blush. And he asks if she's on any contraception, and she says, Yeah, I'm on an IUD. Good. I notch the head of my cock to her entrance, rolled across the forchette piercing. Fucking hell. She's gonna feel like heaven. Just like I always knew she would. Because I'm gonna fucking fill you until you're overflowing with my cum. My eyes drift close as I run the crown of my erection over her labia piercings, up one side and back down the other. Fuck me, Rowan. Please, destroy me. (laughs) Destroy me! (laughs) My restraint snaps, then look down. Watch how well you take me. I push into her tight heat, just enough that the crown is enveloped by her warmth. She watches just like I demanded, breath sawing from her lungs. A whimper passes her lips when I remain still, all my attention honed on the way her body fits around mine, the piercings glinting so beautifully in the dim light. I slide my cock in a little deeper, then withdraw just an inch. Her pussy clenched around me. Goddamn, Sloan. Look at how desperate your cunt is to be ruined. So fucking tight. It doesn't want to let me go. It's like, <laughs> no, don't leave here. We just got started. Hi, how are ya? <laughs> He starts to fuck her as she screams in pleasure, and he tells her to be as loud as she wants. The whole neighborhood can hear her for all he cares. I rut into her, hard, deep, and merciless. She strains against my grip around her throat, veins protruding, and lines up her neck. I tell her all the ways I'm going to take her, in her mouth, in her perfect pussy, in her tight little ass. I'm going to fill her up until I'm everywhere inside her, just like she's everywhere in me. Oh my god, God damn. <laughs> they come together, and Rowan thinks to himself how he wants to fall asleep inside of her, but he has other plans and they can do that later because he's not done with her yet he scoots down and starts to eat her out again i'm rewarded with a shocked yelp of my name as i plunge my tongue into a repulsing channel rowan her muscles contract and our cum floods my mouth and our cum floods my mouth because he came in her
1: yeah they already bonied and he finished and now he's keep he's he's a trooper he's gonna keep going
0: i smile against her flesh as i collect our spend on my tongue Blech. he moves up her body and uses his fingers to tap on her mouth sloan's lips part I spit the cum into her waiting mouth. Swallow. She does. Her eyes not leaving mine. Not until I crush my lips to hers. You taste that, Blackbird? I ask when I pull away just enough that I take up all the space in her field of vision. Yes, she whispers. You know what that is? She has the good sense to shake her head. I smile. An appetizer. And now it's time for a fucking feast. Yeah, you oh. know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> She's a little appy. We switch to Sloan's POV. She wakes up in the middle of the night with Rowan's dick still inside of her and he insisted that they fall asleep like that and i googled this to see what it's called and it's called swaddling i was gonna say it's a thing it's yeah. a thing swaddling yeah disgusting Mm-mm. not the act but the name i don't love he snooze in but she's hella soaked so she starts to touch herself and she starts to fantasize about the things he told her while they were fucking i think about all of rowan's fantasies he whispered while he fucked me about taking me in a public place about spreading me wide on a table at the restaurant and devour me about using my toy and my pussy as he fills my ass with cum. Oh my god. So (laughs) many things. Uh Rowan wakes up and asks her what she's doing, but he already knows. He tells her to hang on a second and gets out of bed, and when he turns around, she sees that he got the tattoo of the drawing she left at the restaurant. (gasps) So cute. Yeah. That is so sweet. He grabs her vibrator from her bag and some lube and tells her to turn around and get on her knees. He starts to run the vibrator over her, slipping it inside of her. I told you I was gonna fuck your mouth, and I did. I told you I was gonna eat your pussy at the restaurant like it's the best goddamn meal I've ever had, and I will. And I told you I was gonna fill your ass with cum as I fucked you with a toy. And you know what happened when I said that? No. I say on the heels of a gasp as he works the toy in deeper thrusts. Your cunt gripped so tight around my cock that I thought I'd fucking explode. You were soaked. Dripping down your thighs. She's into it. Uh He uncaps the lube and dribbles some on her asshole and asks if she's done anal before. And she says kind of, but she was on the other end of it. They don't elaborate on that, but I want to know what that means, ma'am. And he pushes his thumb into her ass. He loosens my tight ring of muscle. (laughs) (laughs) relaxes me into the sensation until I'm pushing back on him in a slight request for more. And then his thumb is gone, replaced with the lubed head of his cock as he glides it over the tight hole, pressing it against me until it slips past the resistance. He pauses as I breathe through the foreign sensation of fullness and then picks up slow and shallow thrusts, each one delving a little deeper against the vibration of the toy. Okay,
1: what time of day is it at this point? I think it's the middle of the night. I think so too. I think she just woke up like hella horny when he was... swaddled in her fucking pussy. Yeah. <laughs> swaddled.
0: Um, I think about these things and I'm like, what if she had to poo What if <laughs> she had a big meal before? I don't just scares me, frightens me. I mean, painkillers make you constipated, so. That's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) He tells her that he got the tattoo because he would die for her and kill for her. He feels more than just like for her and she fucking knows it. And he knows that she feels the same way. She comes hard as he fills her ass with his cum. Yum. As he cleans her up, she tells him that he's right. And they open up to each other about their feelings a little bit more before they fall back asleep. The next morning at breakfast, Fionn tells Sloane that she needs to take it easy for the next couple. Couple of weeks and asks if she has someone at home to take care of her and Rowan says he'll be taking care of her and she's coming home with him to Boston she stays with him for two weeks And three weeks after being home without him, she misses him so much that she opted to work remotely and rented her house out and she goes to live with him. Wow. Yeah. Back in Boston, Lark and Sloan go to Rowan's restaurant. So Lark went to Boston with her to like help her get situated. Aw, is Lark gonna, you know, meet anyone else? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Uh. And when they get there, Sloan is told that she has a permanent standing reservation at the booth that she sat at that first time. Oh, cute. They're seated and the hostess goes to tell Rowan that they're here and Rowan comes out and she runs up, giving him a kiss, telling him that her stuff and the cat are all at his place and he says, no, no, our place. (gasps) Our. Stop it. Lark meets Rowan and they immediately hit it off and they all eat and talk until the kitchen closes down to prep for dinner. Lark leaves them to have some quality time and Rowan brings her to his new restaurant and she sees that the sign on the front says Butcher and Blackbird.
1: (gasps) Yeah, it's their nicknames
0: cutesy! He shows her around and there are ravens painted on the wall, and she blurts out that she loves him and hugs him tight, and he says that he loves her too. He brings her to the kitchen and helps her cook some meals, but when it's time for dessert, he brings out a tray with already made chocolate cake and creme brulee. She's confused, but Rowan tells her to lean over the counter and pull her dress up, and she's hella soaked and does as he says. He walks behind her and pulls her panties to the side and shoves in, but doesn't move. She tries to move, but she can't and he tells her she needs to relax acts. So he starts to feed her some of the dessert, asking if she thinks it needs anything, but she can't think straight and just shakes her head, and he tells her to close her eyes and try again. She does and tells him it's good, but it's like every creme brulee in town, and he tells her she's right. She starts to suggest Thorsten's secret ingredient, but he tells her (laughs) to immediately stop. (laughs) I was gonna say. (laughs) She's jizz on it. And he asks her to name the first fruit that comes to mind, and she says persimmon. I've never had a persimmon, so. It's like an orange. Oh, I mean a tomato, right? I think so. Looks like a tomato. I don't know why that
1: would be good with crème brûlée, though.
0: No, I was thinking like a strawberry or a blackberry. He pulls out of her and tucks his dick away and says, good idea, and tells her to go sit at her table in the restaurant. She leaves the kitchen and finds a booth that says Blackbird's booth and sits at it. And he comes out and he tells her to get on the table. She says people outside can see and he says he doesn't fucking care, so she relents and climbs on. He slides into the booth and tells her to pull her dress up to her waist and spread her legs. Oh my god. She's He's making
1: promises and he's keeping them.
0: He ravages my pussy like it's the last meal he'll ever have. He lavishes every piercing with attention and sucks on my clit. He plunges his tongue into my cunt and moans. He tightens his fingers on my thighs in a bruising grip that only ratchets up my desire. And if anyone is watching, I don't care either. I grasp Rowan's hair in a tight fist and hold him against me to grind my pussy into his face. I'm rewarded with a throaty growl and two fingers plunged into my The immediate rhythm and his expert touch pushing me closer to coming undone. My ass squeaks against the wood as he surges forward and consumes me. Body and soul. I come apart with a cry of Rowan's name, soaking his fingers, coating his face, and he leaves me no time to recover from the intense orgasm before he drags my panties down my legs and tosses them to the floor. The moment they're gone, he's tugging his pants and briefs down and sliding into me. Oh! Oh! (laughs) God damn, God damn, God damn. He pulls off his chef jacket and pulls her onto his lap on the bench so she's riding him. You're gonna take my cock as deep as you can. You're gonna ride it the way you want until you come all over it. And these tits, he says, as he unzips the back of my dress and pulls the low neckline down along with the cups of my bra. You're Gonna bounce these glorious fucking tits (laughs) in my face. (laughs) Yeah, you are. Bounce them. She comes as he licks and sucks on her nipples and he follows shortly after. And he says he wants to take her home and do this again and again, and then she asks for a napkin to clean herself off. Rowan traces a line up my inner thigh. Two fingers gather the milky rivulet and slide up to my pussy, his eyes already dark with desire as he watches my reaction. Fuck no, he rasps as he finger fucks the cum back into me with slow thrusts. I shudder and moan, my sensitive flesh already desperate for more. I meant what I said, you'll be walking home with that mess on your thighs, little bird. After a final deep thrust and a roll of his thumb over my clit that has me gasping and clutching his shoulder. He withdraws his fingers and raises them to my lips to suck them clean. I'd be like, no, give me a fucking napkin. <laughs> he helps her up and tells her he's so happy she's here and she says she's not going anywhere except for home with him. We switch to Rowan's POV. It's opening night at Butcher and Blackbird and Sloan is seated with Rose, Rowan's brothers, and his friend Anna. He was worried because she was like 45 minutes late, but otherwise the night is a success and at the end of it he makes a toast and cheers to every everyone who shows up and makes a special toast to his beautiful girlfriend sloan when they get a chance to chat she apologizes for being late and says she thinks lachlan and lark were hooking up so,
1: <gasps> yeah, i think that's knew the
0: it. next book knew it. they go home around midnight and the next day is sunday his day off Sloan mentions wanting to find a target for this year's game, and Rowan gets worried because of how bad last year went, and he says he wants to hunt as a team instead of it being a competition. There was someone at dinner named Dr. Rostis who caught her attention, and Rowan knows him and fucking hates him. That's the doctor that was mentioned earlier that kills his patients. Yeah, okay. She says she doesn't want to team up because kicking his ass is so much fun, and he says he can barely handle the day-to-day life with her without adding everything else on, and immediately apologizes, saying he's just tired and stressed from work, and she says it's fine so the stress from him running to restaurants is really getting to him so he snapped at her but he apologized We love a king that apologizes. He tells her he's got to go to the old restaurant to sort some things out later on. And she says it's fine because she's meeting up with the girls for coffee. But he thinks that maybe that's not actually what she was planning on doing. And he tells her to meet him at three in coach at four o'clock after coffee. And she says, yeah, sure. She gets ready and kisses him goodbye, but he can tell that something is off with her. So he tells himself he'll sit down with her tonight and let her know that she's not a burden to him and they can talk everything out. He goes to the restaurant and he thinks he's alone, but he's startled by David sitting on a chair in the corner of the kitchen. He gets him a glass of water and goes to check out a broken fan on one of the stoves, and he finds a disconnected wire and fixes it and tells David he'll be right back, and when Sloan is here, they'll take him home. He goes to flip a breaker back on for the kitchen, and when he returns, someone presses a gun to the center of his forehead and says, well, well, the butcher of Boston and the orb weaver will be here soon. The man says that he wants some alone time with Rowan, so he needs to tell Sloan to leave when she shows up, or he'll kill her and make Rowan watch. (gasps) Who the fuck is it? We switch to Sloan's POV. She's feeling insecure about things with Rowan when she walks into three and coach. And she walks in to see Rowan standing at the prep counter all tense. And she asks if he's okay, and he says no very coldly and tells her she needs to leave and go back to Raleigh. She starts to cry and asks if she did something wrong, and he says no, this just isn't working, and he wants her to leave. He wants to focus on the restaurants, and having a relationship just takes up too much of his time. And she says she loves him, though, and he says no, you think you do, but you don't because you can't. And she asks why she's so unlovable, and he tells her because she's a fucking psycho, and her heart (gasps) shatters. I
1: know.
0: That part was so sad. That is brutal. He says that she makes a show out of gouging out eyeballs and stringing them up, and he knows that he's not a saint, but she's fucking insane. And she's going to crash and burn and take him with her, so she needs to leave. She throws her key to the restaurant on the floor and walks out heartbroken. She goes back to Rowan's and gets ready, determined to look hot as fuck when she gets to the airport and dumps all of his shower products down the drain. So, petty. <laughs> yeah, we love a petty boot. She's like, you wanna see a psycho? I'm
1: a you. I'm a psycho. psycho.
0: She calls Lark and tells her what happened, and says she's booked the next flight home and needs to stay with her. And Lark is shocked but says of course and says to text her the flight details so they can fly out together. As she starts to give Lark more details on exactly what was said, she realizes that things aren't adding up and knows something is very very wrong. Get it girl. Use that brain. So there was something that was said in the conversation where he was like, I told you this specific thing on this specific date in a text. Go back and see. And when she goes back, she doesn't see the text that he was talking about but then she remembers the date is something specific (gasps) she gets off the phone and calls Lachlan and says she needs everything he has on David Miller because the dates that he gave were the dates that were on the ice cream container April 10th through the 13th Oh my god. We switch to Rowan's POV. He's tied to a chair and David is using a mandolin to slice pieces of his flesh off his arm and is throwing them on the prep counter.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> that is just like <laughs> awful.
0: No. That's a terrible visual. Yes. David is not a vegetable. He's a monster and he tells Rowan that he developed a taste for human flesh at Thorsten's. He offers Rowan a piece of his own flesh but when he doesn't open his mouth, David puts it on his tongue and slurps it down. He's like, Ew. Yeah. He says that human flesh is a rare delicacy, almost as rare as a woman like Sloane. He tells Rowan that after what Sloane did for him, he wants to be with her, and if she refuses, he'll force her. And he's been stalking her for like a long time. Holy shit. So he's just playing dumb. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Rowan goes absolutely feral, but it's useless because of how restrained he is. He talks about a plan to pretend to make a semi-recovery enough to make her fuck him, or maybe he'll just break into her house since he knows where she lives i could break into her house and bring her a doggy bag feed her little pieces of you and then fuck her until i tear her apart until she's nothing more than another piece of bloody pulverized meat destined for the trash david David. (laughs) David. we were rooting for you david David. you really were (laughs) i really was rooting for this little man you were yeah rowan starts to beg saying he'll do whatever david wants if he'll just leave sloan out of this David stabs a corkscrew into his wrist and trickles some of his blood into the wine glass that he's drinking out of and tells Rowan that the added iron adds a little extra kick. A
1: little something something. You nasty bitch.
0: Suddenly, Sloane walks in with a gun. She takes in the scene and lowers her weapon, telling David she's glad they finally get to talk and she's happy to finally meet the South Bay Slasher. (gasps) Oh, and she knows he wants to kill her. And he tells her that all of the cameras in the restaurant have been disabled. And she points her gun to a blinking red light in the corner of the room and says that she's installed some cameras of her own. She points the gun at David's head and says, pow, 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 just kidding, and giggles. She's like, pew, pew, She's a little psycho. David is smitten and says he befriended Thorsten because he figured she'd come for him eventually. And he wanted to meet her because he noticed that other serial killers were going missing every August and figured being friends would spare him. Thorsten knew he was pretending to be lobotomized that night and Rowan calls out Blackbird, but she tells him to knock the Blackbird shit off. She's a fucking psycho, remember? She turns to David and says, let's get out of here. Just you and me. Look at her, her little plan in action. She hands him the gun and as he goes to grab it, she swings her other arm out, slashing his wrist with a scalpel and notches it into his throat. And as he falls, his neck is flayed. And after she's sprayed with blood, she removes it, stabbing him in the eyeball. Yeah. She asks Rowan if he's all right and he says, yeah, but when he tries to talk to her about what happened, she shuts him down. She pulls out her phone and calls Lachlan, who's waiting outside, saying his asshole brother needs some skin and she needs help with some cleanup. She turns to Rowan and tells him that he broke her heart and he says he's so fucking sorry. He only said what he did to get her out of harm's way. She's hesitant but unties him and he immediately jumps up and embraces her saying he loves her and he's loved her for years and she may be a psycho but she's his psycho and she tells him she loves him. She pulls his head down and kisses him. Good. We switch to Sloan's POV. She's sucking his dick and fingering herself as Rowan tells her to hurry up because they're gonna be late so she slows down on purpose, and he tells her not to be a brat. Have you forgotten about the last time you were a brat? I shrug, even though I most certainly have not forgotten. When I decided to push his buttons and disregard most of his orders while riding his cock a few weeks ago, he kidnapped me as I was coming home from drinks with Anna, blindfolded me, and strapped me down on a table in the restaurant to eat a full range of delicacies off my naked body. He edged me for hours, drizzling caramel sauce across my nipples to suck it off as he fucked me, dripping cold whipped cream onto my genital piercings before licking them clean every time i begged for mercy he laughed good girls get rewards he'd said as he turned down the vibration on the anal plug he'd pushed into my ass after he tied me down he slowed the rhythm of his strokes as he thrust into me pulling me back from the brink of an orgasm. Bratz received punishment. He'd slid out of me, jerked off until he sprayed his cum in warm spurts across my chest, then started all over again. It probably had the opposite effect of what he had intended because I had the best time that night. Oh. I don't know if I'd have a good time being edged, but. For hours? Yeah. Hell no. She smiles and tells him she lied about the appointment time and they have an extra hour and he says, oh, thank fuck, as he begins to fuck her throat and she fingers herself harder. My slick fingers withdraw and then I move my touch to Rowan, finding the pleated rim of his ass. He shudders as I massage the pleated rim. Also, (laughs) ma'am. (laughs) Grin! <laughs> he shudders as I massage the tight ring, and then I push a finger inside. Oh, holy shit. Sloan, are you using your safe word? Fuck no. I grin and add a second finger, gently stroking until I find the touch that makes him tremble. What a good boy. I coo. My tone's saccharine, and good boys get rewards. My lips seal around his cock, and I suck. An uninhibited sound of pleasure rumbles from Rowan's chest as I fuck him with my fingers and swallow his erection. <gasps> Hell yeah. Play with his little booty hole, pleated rim though. His I pleated rim. It. His pleated rim. They both come together as she touches herself and fingers his ass and sucks his dick. She's doing some work. Yeah, yes, she is. And they clean up and get ready to go. She brings him to a tattoo parlor so she can get his scar from David covered up, but she designed it and he hasn't seen it. It's a raven clutching a chef's knife with a vibrant graffiti-style background, and he's touched because she designed all of the color just for him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Right? We switch to Rowan's POV. They're cleaning up the kill of Dr. Rostis and planning next year's kill. Sloan is stringing up his eyeballs and bragging about another win, and they start to plan next year's hunt for the forest family. Phantom. Sloan staged the body with colorful wire, and Rowan tells her it's beautiful, but tells her the left eye hole looks a little gougy. And when she goes to check, she looks in the socket to find. A wedding ring? An engagement ring! Yeah. Ah! And she says, yes, yes, yes. How sweet. She pulls him into the doctor's garage to get bent over the hood of his car by Rowan. We switch to the epilogue and we're in the Phantom's POV. He prays to God for the sinners to die when he sees a couple across the street. He knows exactly who the man is and he vows to kill him because Rowan Kane killed his brother. The end. Who is his brother? We don't know. We ought to go to the second book. Hmm. How many red pepper emojis do you give it? Well, red peppers. See, for stars, I would give it four stars. Mm-hmm. For Red Peppa, I think I'd give it three. Okay, yeah, it was it was a slow, slow burn. It was a slow burn, but once it got there, it was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. And do you think Rowan is sexy? I do. Yeah, he yeah. is sexy. I do. Would you trade places with Sloane? You know what? <laughs> Maybe if I could, you know, be like a badass and like kill shitty dudes yeah I wouldn't do that, yeah that wouldn't be too bad. no, mm, fuck a hot guy. There you go. What a life a Irishman, yeah, an Irishman, and next week we're telling Riley all about your dad will do by Katie Robert. We're gonna have her look at the cover and give us her best guess on what it might be about, so uh, there's the girl on the cover, and she's wearing some like saucy little stockings with some red heels, short little dress. And at the top, it does say a touch of taboo novel. So I feel like she's going to fuck someone's dad. Maybe even possibly a stepdad. We don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who but knows? there's going to be some dad fucking in it. All right. Well, if you
1: liked this episode, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Smut Up and Listen Podcast. And on TikTok at Smut Up and Listen. Tell your friends, but not your mom. And we'll see you later, you horny little rat.